and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us that gets us thinking, gets us talking, gets us wondering, gets us imagining, gets us laughing, gets us all kinds of good things because we're connected. And perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a bit more because we made the connection. So Connections has community partnerships, and we have a wonderful partnership with the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association. And today I have as my co-host the executive director of Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association, who you have heard before on this show and who is absolutely wonderful, Tabitha Montgomery. Welcome, Lori. Oh, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to take this first segment to really talk about what's up with Powderhorn Park. And for folks who don't know, Powderhorn Park uh, neighborhood serves, um, it, well, it borders on Lake Street to north, 38th Street to the south, Chicago Avenue to the west, and Cedar, Cedar Avenue to the east. But it's much bigger than that, isn't it? I would like to say absolutely. I yeah. mean, so we definitely are in the heart of South Minneapolis. And we are fortunate over the years to have cultivated some of our events and our outreach that certainly connects to what we would call the greater Powderhorn community that has over 70,000 residents in South Minneapolis. Um, But it's a beautiful community because in many ways, some of the assets are really centered around artists and art and centered around amazing local businesses that have been in the community for decades, like so many other communities. And so I think it's special because it just has this vibe that says truly before it was cool to say everybody is welcome, that truly everybody is welcome because there is a a little bit of everybody right in your backyard. And everybody's your neighbor. Exactly. So how is everybody doing? You know, Lori, I think that as far as our community goes, from what I can see from all the different communications online and in the emails that we're sending out and in the phone calls that we've gotten, is that, you know, our community is experiencing a range of emotion. You know, there's deep concern about the impacts of the pandemic. There's deep ache from the realities of local and national losses, both people and place. There's the ache from the stress that this moment is fostering, um, and so many things in between. And yet, I would say that what those emotions are conjuring up is really clear calls of action. I mean, we are seeing clearly that more people are demanding accurate and timely information. So where are the resources Mm -hmm. that they can tap into? So That can't be fake news oriented, you know, in order to keep people safe. Mm -hmm. We're definitely seeing a call and and, and a direct action for mutual aid and service related initiatives where residents are taking it upon themselves to figure out cool and creative ways to support vulnerable groups and people hardest hit by the economic implications of this time. And then we're also seeing like clearly so many of your listeners just an amazing amount of online enthusiasm to create an opportunity to engage, whether in a small way with a house concert or with a game night with family that's across the country. And so as much as I think that we are sobered by this moment in terms of emotionally all the things that people are feeling, I'm seeing an equal response and action. I'm seeing an equal call 
for us to be more mindful about the information that we're taking in and the information that we're sharing. I had someone once tell me that crisis doesn't necessarily build character, but it does reveal character. And Mm -hmm. it reveals, I think, also our community priorities. And we've all had a time out uh, and, and, and finding new ways to connect. I think you're right when, you know, with the Zoom parties and, and mm-hmm. whatnot, um, it expands, I think, our idea of relationship and our idea of um, what it means to take some time out and, and how we can cut through some of the busyness into what matters. Well, and I think that it, it definitely reminds us, I think, that in a very clear way that both are true. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in order to have community, both can be true. We are experiencing um, in no short order and in no amount of words can truly express devastation. Right. The loss of life nationally and locally, the impact to businesses um, that have been with us for decades and now find themselves in an untenable position. That is so true and so salient and it is not. Um, meant to say because we are able to be resilient that that has less of a devastating impact. But what it does say is that to me that communities have always been called upon to deal with two truths, multiple angles of a situation, which is this is hard, but beyond any stretch of imagination. And yet I believe and I am seeing community rise beyond the occasion that we're in. Right. And I think that there's certainly elements and calls for things to get back to normal. But some of the things that I'm seeing in community from organizations that are leading efforts to provide direct services, whether it be for food, continuing education, um, sheltering those who have ex- are experiencing homelessness, is that there is a real opportunity for us not to uh, ignore some of the elements of community that were more unhealthy than not. And that we need to come up with better systems and processes and resources so that in the next instance where we find ourselves facing a crisis, that it doesn't continue to rip through and devastate and completely alter vulnerable communities, low wealth communities, communities that were already under their own degrees of stress before the pandemic came about. We are stretched, Um, but we're also, I'm hoping, recognizing that, as you're saying, um, new systems can be put in place that make a whole Mm -hmm. lot more sense. That sometimes I think systems, we got used to doing it a certain way and we didn't take a deeper look. Um, We've had to take a deeper look and, and we see family members, as you say, not only are we connecting with them all over the country, but we're also feeling different ways that the pandemic has hit different regions. Uh, I have a brother in Seattle and he was giving me, you know, these are things to be thinking about <laughs> exactly as it was hitting them. Um, and how does that impact us? But it, it impacts something for the next six to 18 months, which you do a lot of events. So your and your neighborhood association needs to be looking at how to make those changes. And you're being very creative with that. Well, I think it's given us, a, in some ways, it's unlocked an opportunity or that we would not have otherwise aggressively taken to think about a different way to support, highlight, 
businesses and artists in our community um, in a manner that says it's not about just business as usual, Mm -hmm. but this is an opportunity for us to say, how can we more deeply support, serve and walk alongside those that make up community right now and not immediately think it needs to be canceled? So it may look different, it may feel different, but ultimately it's still an opportunity, right, to demonstrate kindness, to demonstrate service, to connect people in a different way. And so that's why I'm super excited to chat with you a little bit more about what we have planned for our annual Powderhorn Shark Tank event, which in the past has been a small business competition. It's definitely still for small businesses, but we are taking the competition component out of it this year. Um, in light of all of the realities and priorities that our small business community has, a competition is certainly not one of them. And then also our plans to still hold, hopefully, what we believe to be a very memorable Powderhorn Art Fair um, as the main event, if you will, is really moving to an online experience. Um, but we are confident that what we have planned and how we are going to promote and support artists will likely still resonate and connect with thousands of people across the metro. And how many states? There, You've got states that get interested. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. art, the artists actually, great point, Lori, hail from over 23 different states, right? So we get applicants from across the country um, in over 216 cities that they represent. Um, what I can say and what we love to tout is that generally we still see about 90% applicants um, or we cover about 90% of the different cities um, and counties in the state of Minnesota. So we get at least one artist applicant from over 90% wow. um, of the state. And generally about 50% of those that are juried because it's a juried art fair. um, So it's a fine art and fine uh, craft art experience. Um, Those are generally about 50% of those that end up being selected and participate in that who participate. So we're super excited. We definitely know that we are mindful of some of the challenges that we're going to be up against, but we're going to meet that with creativity and resilience. And, you know, every time there's a change that gets made because of opportunity or challenge, whatever, it'll be interesting to see how much of that stays with it, that that becomes integrated into the process, that maybe in the years to come we can open up again. But how much of this may stay with us in terms of how we're using our technology to connect? And I'm excited for that. I mean, we're, we're almost exploring new ways of just being in events and feeling connected all over. Well, I definitely think it's I, I that's not only a super awesome point, but certainly something we're going to be hoping to learn mm-hmm. so that maybe there's elements of what we do this year that we can still mimic next year right. when more of what the traditional format has been is able to come back into the fold. But yet, you know, it creates access in a brand new way. And how to merge all of that together. Uh, That's that's an exciting opportunity. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to our next segment where we'll talk a little bit more about Shark Tank. And we've got um, a gentleman that you will be um, inviting into the call as well. Uh, Absolutely. And we'll learn more about uh, his background and his story. And stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And this is Connections Radio Show. 
Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and today I have our co-host is the executive director of the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association, Tabitha Montgomery. She's part of our Connections Community Partnerships. How are you, Tabitha? I am doing awesome and super excited to be on with you today, Lori. I am super excited having you here, too. And we've been having fun talking about the neighborhood as well as the events coming up. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about Shark Tank. So for the audience members who may not have heard of Shark Tank, and I can't imagine not knowing at least about the idea of Shark Tank uh, on on TV and how you – but you've done some interesting – adaptations to Shark Tank, and then you've adapted Um, it for this year under our unique circumstances. So share with the audience about that. Yeah. So two years ago, the association launched its first ever Powderhorn Shark Tank, which is really a small business competition. And the idea was that it was more, it was for businesses that weren't just brick and mortar. You know, it was for makers, hustlers, and entrepreneurs is what we would say. And so basically the entrepreneurial spirit in Minneapolis across the city. And so what it allowed people to do was to say, fill out a a very brief application. We would uh, recruit a very distinguished panel of business leaders from the community. And then they would select finalists to be able to come out and pitch, if you will, their ideas. So they would describe how long they were in business, what made their business unique in front of basically a live non-studio audience, but community members and and supporters and people who really believe in and look for different ways to support local businesses. And it would end up with varying prize rewards that the, um, the winners in each of their categories, like established, so businesses that have been around for a while, or startups, Uh, they would receive different types of prizes for uh, competing and being selected by the juror. And we also had a community vote um, category, which is one of the categories that I'm super excited to say that Eli, um, our other guest today, Eli Anthony, who is the founder and president of CoFlash, and he'll share a little bit about his business, but that the community voted and that led to him being able to participate in our art fair as a vendor talking about his services and connecting with different people in the community. Now, that's how we had did it for the first two years. This year, given the change in circumstances, the pandemic, and how it's really rocked the small business community, it's less about a competition this year. We're simply trying to create an opportunity for small businesses to cast, put their name in the hat and basically share some business advice either around adapt, adaptation meaning what are they learning and what are they doing to adapt as a small business in this very difficult time. And we're even looking and or we're even encouraging businesses who've um, owners who've needed to make the difficult decision of sunsetting or closing their business to tell us what that business meant to them. And they potentially could still be elected or selected um, as a award winner um, to potentially participate in a future event if they so choose um, under potentially a new business um, and we're still working very diligently to try to get some um, fund to fundraise to offer some cash prizes as well. So we're, we're hoping that we'll know if that's possible um, by tomorrow. But we will open um, this year's application, if you will, or just the drawing this coming Sunday on May 3rd. So Exciting. that's kind of the past. And this year is at least the short term future of what our plans are for Shark Tank. And I'm super excited to introduce to you, uh, Lori, Eli, who's on the phone with us. Hi, Eli. Yeah, hi. Yeah, it's an honor to be here. 
thank you for thank you. taking the time and joining us and you know and certainly for even that shark tank Potterhorn shark tank caught your eye for you to apply so why don't you tell us a little bit from your perspective what it was like you know to talk about your business and to share your story um in the live competition last year oh it's just a really supportive environment it's um it's a shark tank, but it's quite different from the, the vicious shark tank that you <laughs> see on television. <laughs> because, uh, it, all in all, it's like, uh, just a lot of, a lot of great support for your business and good people. Um, now last doing year, their best to, you had yeah, some, help you. you had some business, um, partners or that, that helped judge, right? Uh, Tabitha and they gave feedback yes. and helped support with like business ideas and gave feedback on business plans. Yep. So generally U S bank for since the, um, event has started has been our presenting sponsor and they are this year as well. And they are wonderful at offering up some of their senior leaders to be a part of the jury panel and they select the finalist. So the association doesn't do any of the selection or the selecting of the award winners. And then they facilitate the day of pitch experience where they're encouraging this um, business owners to describe their product or service um, and then asking questions to get a sense of what their what that business owner's plans are going forward. And so we've had representatives from United Health Group, from Best Buy participate, um, from local businesses like Hamburgesis El Gordo um, have been jurors in the past. It's just been a, an amazing experience. And do you remember some of the questions and support that they gave you, Eli? Uh, yeah, the questions... Um... I think the first, so there were two questions. One was about, I think, how my business uh, was going to um, grow in a way that would be um, <clears throat> beneficial to the community and especially to uh, communities that are underrepresented in, in, in my trade. Um, as well, I think the second follow-up question was more about how I could be uh, uh, sustainable as a business. So whether or not, how my marketing, my marketing strategy, uh, among other things. So, yeah, I think we had, how do we, how many minutes do we have? Tabitha? I can't remember about five, about five Maybe. minutes each, each finalist received. Yep. Yeah. And it was just, uh, you know, obviously it's, it was a first time for a lot of people to do a shark tank, uh, situation. And it was just, uh, a real good uh, breaking in f- for that kind of uh, thing for my business. So it was good, a good stretch for me and especially good because I was able to participate in the uh, Potter Art, Art Fair. Well, tell us a little bit about your business and then tell us about what happened at the Art Fair. Okay, my business is a flat roof patio business. So about six years ago, I came up with a way to edge the perimeter. So it's an edge flashing that both edges the pavers that you would put on a flat roof, and there's a lot of paver options these days, uh, as well as manage the water so that it was able to to, to get away from the house through a gutter-type system. Um, and then uh, since then, I've developed uh, green roof flashings, too. I have a patent on one of them, and I have a lot of patents pending. So um, it was, it's been, uh, I've been in the uh, building construction, home remodeling, um, industry for 
oh, 20 years now since I graduated from college. I just kind of uh, took my summer job and made it made it my full time job. So um, now I've been just putting I've been installing flat roof patios pretty much only um, and trying to reach out to other architects and builders to to um, have them work my product too. So. Yeah, the, the the experience there is just a great way. I made a lot of good connections uh, with with other um, people in the trades as well as um, homeowners. So I'm, I'm doing a project for one homeowner there in Powderhorn now from the art fair, and uh, yeah, it's, it was it was more beneficial than I could have imagined. I would say participating. We love to hear that, Eli. I mean, truly. It's because of entrepreneurial spirit and vision um, and drive and commitment like yours that really we know enriches any community, right? Not only ours, but in, and, and in Minneapolis, but across the state and across the country. We're seeing, um, quite frankly, Lori, just the importance, again, we're reminded the importance of small businesses mm. in our communities to not only to the character, right, but what brings so many of us out to be more connected to with one another on a day-to-day basis. So we were just super yeah. excited and honored that Eli, um, that the event caught your eye and that you took a few moments to put your name in the hat. And this year we're encouraging all prior year participants to simply put their name in the hat because it's not necessarily a competition this year. It's our simple hope that we can reward several businesses with an opportunity um, like the one that you had last year, Eli, to participate in some yeah. of our our events like art fair or our music festival, Powderhorn Porch Fest. And Lori, I should say that we're going to give the, those that are chosen the option to either participate this year in somewhat of our reimagined experiences or hold it for next year. And it will be of no cost to them. And we imagine that some, that might, some of our um, businesses might find that to be a little bit more attractive because certainly we believe that, um, we will be able to maybe gather in slightly larger ways than we're going to be able to do this year. And gearing up, you know, a little yep. bit more time to be thinking through what could that all look like. Well, folks are interested in learning more about it. Uh, you can go to ppna.org and you can look up under the events Shark Tank. But Eli, why don't you also give your website out? Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, co. And can you spell that out? W. Uh, it's CoFlash. So C O F L A S H dot Co. Not com. I've had a lot of people go to the com, and that's <laughs> too bad. But it's C O at the end and C O at the beginning. Um, so yeah, I would also like to say that the other participants. I made a lot of great connections with the other participants, and they were uh, wonderful, wonderful people all around. So. Well, we love hearing your enthusiasm and your endorsement and your excitement for this year coming up, as well as hearing your success and your continued success. So congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank- Wonderful. All, all the best to you, Eli. <laughs> and thank we you. need to okay. go to break, but thank you so much uh, for sharing with us about your journey and your story with your entrepreneurial small business, and we wish you all the very best. You're listening to Connections Radio Show here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Stay with us. We'll be right back just after a few commercials. Welcome back to Connections 
Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And as part of our Connections Community Partnership with the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association, I have a wonderful co-host who has joined me on many shows, and I just adore having her on Connections, and that is Tabitha Montgomery, who is the Executive Director of the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association. Welcome, Tabitha. Hello, Lori and everyone. <laughs> yes, it's so much fun having you here. We've had a great conversation about the cool things that you're doing with the Shark Tank. And in this segment, I'm looking forward to hearing about how you're going to be doing the art fair a little differently. Well, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> the Powderhorn no. Art and Soul. <laughs> um, you know, this year... It's crazy, Lori. The Powderhorn Art Fair has been going on for this will be its 29th year, right? And so we, over time, have been able to, in partnership with amazing artists, to highlight over 6,900 artists from across the country. Um, And because of everything with the pandemic, we are certainly not able to gather um, in Powderhorn Park as we have in the past. But we reached out and surveyed uh, many of our artist applicants asked if they would be willing to entertain and support moving to an online show. And we had an amazing response. I got to tell you over 65 said yes out of the gate and 25% were like undecided, but they still um, we're seeing are accepting and confirming their participation. And so we're super excited. And so what that means is that we're going to use the powderhornartfair.org website to create an online experience where people can buy art, fine arts and fine crafts from over 200 artists that have been juried into this year's show. Um, And they're going to be able to, in some instances, chat live with some of our artists. We're also um, planning if social distancing guidelines permit, but we're having what we're calling a Potterhorn Art Fair splash event where we will be in the parking lots of Pillsbury House and Theater and Frostbeard Candle Studio, which is right there in the heart of Powderhorn and the central neighborhoods in South Minneapolis. And we will be able to feature our youth artists, our community artists, our group exhibitors who come, who have in the years past have come from amazing organizations in Minneapolis. And we're still going to be able to create what we call an art fair market experience. But the majority of artists will be featured this year um, through an online e-commerce fully capable website. Yeah, I, on your website right now, which I know that there's the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association that has the, uh, the art and soul event. But you have another website that when it goes live will be the one that you want to have folks be directed to. But if you, go to Potter, if you go to the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association one now, and that's ppna.org, I'm on the art and soul page and I'm looking at some of the cool art from last year. Uh, and it just kind of gives you a nice taste of all the different types of art. There's jewelry, there's pottery, there's painting, there's um, wearable art. Uh, it's just it, – and and such a variety and, and such a cool – it's just fun to go through and go, oh, I could see getting some of these. I could see when yeah. it you know, kind of wets your whistle for it. <laughs> I tell you, we, we've been so fortunate that every year we've been able to pr- attract and present – Several hundred artists, um, generally from over 23 states, 216 cities um, in the country. And we this year will be no different. Um, We're excited. 
the Powderhorn Art Fair has a rich history. It started by community members right there in Powderhorn Park. Um, and we are just so fortunate to have an opportunity as an organization to continue to support and walk alongside artists in this way. I mean, the other cool thing I got to tell you, Lori, is that we're hoping to be able to pull off is to basically kind of create a an arts and action our initiative around encouraging people to purchase a piece of art for an essential service worker. Mm. And so that piece of art would go into a pool that essential service workers could simply, with no fuss, put their name into a drawing. And we're going to randomly select an essential service worker to receive um, a beautiful piece of unique, original fine art or a fine craft from this year's art fair. And if we are able to get everyone to purchase a piece of art from all of the presenting artists, we would be able to give away a piece of art to an essential service worker every day through the end of the year, wow. which is also exciting. What a wonderful way to honor. And and we I, there's wonderful ways that people are giving food and supporting, but there is a power to giving art, a Absolutely. healing. Exactly. I mean, we know we it brings joy. We've seen art heal communities as we are in, even introducing what we're calling an artivist category. So artists who use activism to really express and to talk about challenging issues in our community, to foster change, to foster um, different ways of thinking about solutions in our community. And this is akin to that. You know, art and being able to give the gift of art often unlocks different perspective. It unlocks an appreciation, I think, for the talent of others um, in, in a, just a very personal way. And so, again, I, like we said, we're super excited to, to be able to hopefully to, to include that in this year's event. Certainly something, um, um, Lori, I don't think that we would have thought to do outside of this moment. And so, like, again, it's not even a bittersweet moment. It's just a devastating moment for so many and for so many reasons. Um, and in the midst of that devastation, um, we are finding ways to have hope, to think resiliently about what we can do in service of others. And we certainly see avenues to be able to do that through this year's Powderhorn Art Fair. And when is the date? So it will be like every year, the first weekend in August, which this year will be August 1st and 2nd. And it will the online experience will open at 8 a.m. and it won't close until 1159 um, PM on Sunday night of the second. And it, will that be the same time that you'll have the limited in the parking lot, cool Minnesota great, celebration? Great, great, great. Yeah. Yep. Great question. That's going to be limited hours. So that's going to be both days. That'll be, that'll take place on Saturday and Sunday as well, August 1st and 2nd. But both days, that event will be open from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And you said earlier how artists are really excited about it, but artists are also taking a hit right now. So it, if there are ways that we can encourage the audience to be thinking about how to join with the online, you're helping not only support you know, the community, you're helping specific artists. And That's right. They're going through tough times. The COVID-19 has hit the small business. It's hit retail. It's hit restaurants. It's hit the artist. Yeah. And if there are ways that our AM950 audience can think about having a piece of art that can make a difference in someone's life, especially now, 
um, not only adds to the beauty of your home and a piece that you can cherish and perhaps even turn into an heirloom that you can give to your family, it's also at a very particular time that you can look back and went, I invested in this art during COVID-19 because this was my way of giving back to the community. This was my way of making a difference. And every little thing that we can do to create that community. In our first segment, we were talking about really Powderhorn Park. If you come to the events, you become part of the neighborhood. They adopt you. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I Whether feel like you want I'm, to or not. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I'm part of the neighborhood. So Absolutely. support the neighborhood. Support the people that you care about. Um, and we'll we'll be publicizing it on our AM 950 as well as on Connections radio show as well as on Connections website and Facebook and all that good stuff. But you can also go to the ppne.org and then if you want to give the um, the specific uh, art fair website. Yes, it's powderhornartfair.org. So all together, no space, no dashes, powderhorn, P-O-W-D-E-R. H-O-R-N, Art Fair, A-R-T-F-A-I-R dot O-R-G. That site will be live the first week of July. So we're still working fast and furious to build it. But, Lori, thank you so much for every point you made about why a purchasing a piece of art during that time and supporting local and regional artists will make all the difference in the lives of so many artists and certainly in the legacy of this particular event that this community has come to, to, to treasure and to support. Well, we're appreciative of all the work that you do with the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association as well and all the events that you support and all your creativity that you're bringing, Tabitha. Uh, you're, you're making a difference, and we're glad that you're part of Connections to share that story and, and to bring the Powderhorn Park into everyone's home right now. <laughs> the ambassador <laughs> of Powderhorn Park. Uh, and in our next segment, we'll talk about what's happening now, but also what's happening in the future. Uh, things to be thinking about, things to create that sense of neighborhood uh, and what it means for us to be here at COVID-19 together and opening the door for what the future may look like. So stay with us here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota on Connections Radio Show. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm Lori Fitz, your host. And as part of our Connections Community Partnership, we have the honor to be partnered with the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association. And we're their neighbors. We're neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my co-host, Executive Director of the Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association, Tabitha Montgomery. Hello, Lori. Hello. Welcome back. And thank you for all your sharing and all your creativity that you're bringing to having these events stay alive and take on new uh, dimensions and uh, create that sense of of unity and community. I love unity being part of community. Yeah. And well, you know, we tell people all the time that we think that we exist to connect, inform, and inspire. And we certainly know we can do that within Powderhorn specifically and certainly outside of the neighborhood itself. And so we are certainly encouraged, right, like I said before, by all of the reasons that I think people are seeing to serve others and mm -hmm. to come up with ways 
to uh, support those who have been hardest hit um, in this season. Tell us ways that we can think about serving. What are, what are good specifics that um, I can encourage my audience uh, here on AM 950 Connections to be thinking about? You know, Lori, I think like right now, some of the big things that I think from a, a local and national perspective that will continue to resonate is housing justice and um, pay equity, you know, and living wages and looking at every policy through the lens of does it reflect health and does it reflect kindness? I think we're in this moment right now as a country because oftentimes too many of our policies have not been healthy enough. Too many of our budgets have not been healthy enough. This is an opportunity as we get beyond the the blast zone, if you will, of the pandemic to not to just run back to what we had before in many instances because it didn't necessarily create all of the infrastructural needs in our communities to thrive and for most people to be healthy. But to simply ask the question, do I believe that this policy will produce health for most. And I think that that's what's essential because I don't think that um, most of us in the country, I should say, probably were overly surprised, right, of the data that Mm -hmm. says many Americans don't have $500 in the checking of their savings, right, or many of the other challenges that small businesses face, which often leads to over 50% not being able to survive beyond the fifth year, We should be asking, well, what would it take for 75% of small businesses to make it past the fifth year? Right. What will it take in order for people to be able to remain in their housing if they've not been able to stay on top of their rent or their mortgage payment during this season? Right. So even if we've suspended evictions, those costs are still accruing. So there's different campaigns that are saying cancel the rent, cancel the mortgage. And we know that there's a variety of implications to statements like that. But I think the underlying point that different groups are making is that if we don't think more holistically, right, if we don't challenge ourselves to really quantify the true need beyond this moment, right, not just the stimulus checks, not just PPP, not just the programs that are in place now, you know, how are we going to heal and support the different PTSD that's kind of formulating with our frontline workers? How are we going to support the um, community of business owners and entrepreneurs that might forever be gun shy, right, about starting a business, but we need that ingenuity and their creativity in order to infuse and invigorate our communities as they have so, so richly for so many years? There's a lot more deeper questions that I think that we need to ask, but being mindful about whether or not for ourselves, I'm not trying to give anybody a cookie cutter approach to determining what's healthy or what's kind, but truly ask yourselves those questions. Is the policy going to support a healthier community? And is that policy operating from a place of kindness? Because that's the muscle that I think that you see most of us actually leaning on most in a crisis. Who can I serve? Who can I encourage? What can I say to thank a person who's still bagging my groceries? What can I say for the nurses, nurses, practitioners, and the doctors who are putting their lives at risk on the front line every day, the occupational therapist, the physical therapist, the pharmacist, everyone who has still needed to go into work? And so the gas station attendants, you know, 
everyone who dons the label essential, what are we willing to say? What are we willing to do in order to enrich their lives after what they've given and what most and especially government leaders have considered to be we are at war? And so what are we willing to do and to give for those who have gone to and are continuing to go to war on our behalf? And it's also a time to take a pause and and consider what health is. And I think sometimes we look at health as sort of the absence of illness and it becomes, you know, very vital as we're looking at COVID-19. But health is richer. It, it, It is absence of fear. It's, it is mm-hmm. something that allows us to feel confidence and opportunity and security. Uh, those are that, That's a different kind of health that's not just check off the box. You're, you don't have a temperature. Um, it, it's a deeper understanding that I, I love how you put kindness wrapped in that because how do we all ultimately want to live in a kinder uh, a kinder world that allows that kind of growth and allows that kind of security. Uh, it can be done. Absolutely. But it starts with each of us, right? It's not necessarily a mandate, and it's certainly not something that each of us cannot easily reflect and plug into. You can be kind in your homes, but this moment is demanding that we consider how we can be kind to those that we don't know. And how can we continually ask the question, how can, we, how can we become healthier so that we are better prepared in the next storm, in the next crisis that might reach our borders? And then we look at both fear and kindness as sort of you know the choices that we can make. We can act out of fear, which I think creates that scarcity mentality that creates the us and them. Or we can take, I think, the extra step, which is work, that says it's not an us and them, it's a we. And how are we going to come together? How are we going to create um, something better for us all? Exactly. It is always a deep pleasure to have a conversation with you, Tabitha. And I encourage uh, our AM 950 listeners to check out their ppna.org website. Support both uh, the wonderful Shark Tank as well as the art fair. And um, be creative with them. Support all the good things they're doing because uh, they're making a difference. Tabitha? Thank Thank you, Lori. Appreciate all that you do. And stay with us for next week, too. We're going to have uh, a very creative uh, production company that's going to be joining us that do um, really interesting work. So I'm just going to tease you with that. So take care. Have a great week.